Well, if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn to Mark chapter 4. We're going to start a new series as we walk through this time together. We're going to talk about transitioning well. And so in that package, in that whole thing, we're going to be taking a look at Scripture of what God has to say and how he worked through different people so that we can learn from that as we go through this time together. I appreciate John and the team starting off with the call worship. As it comes and brings us before the Lord. And so I appreciate that. You'll notice there was a few changes this morning. So if you don't like that, just come and see me. <laughs> I'm good with that, okay? Because that was all initiated by myself. All right? Transition. Have you noticed... It seems like the whole world is in some state of transition. Careers are changing. Families are in transition. Our communities are in transition. Even here at First Baptist Church, within our church, we're in the midst of transition. Pastor Paul, after 39 years, has retired. And he's in transition, and so is Lois. And we're in transition. Transition seems to be everywhere. I thought it amazing when I typed transition into Google Internet search site and guess I received how many sites? 60.3 million hits on transition. So I found that kind of interesting. So then I checked out Yahoo Internet. And just the word transition, it received 100, 112 million hits. So there's no doubt that transition is a way of life. It is amazing for us that can remember in 1990, the first computer entered our homes. It was those big boxes. It had the dial tone. Okay, and you'd wait for it to come engaged. And just from 1990 to today, we wear our computer on our wrist. We could do everything from our wrist. It's amazing. We're in transition. Life is moving very, very quickly. Things are hitting us from all different sides. And to say that we all face transition is not a revolutionary comment. It is just what it is. Which means then that as Christians, we have to learn how to live in transition. I had the privilege of last night sitting in a combine. And that combine, it was much different than the combine I drove from my uncle's, which had single wheels, which only had a small little gatherer. I mean, last night I sat in this thing that has 35 feet straight cut. 
It was incredible watching this huge machine move through. And then I was told that this was just a small one and that they could go 45 feet. Transition happens all the time. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, transition often allows us to see our lives as they really are. It allows us to see our lives where, as it really is. At times, broken. At times, unmanageable. Unmanageable, pardon me, not immanageable, unmanageable. And often, we are powerless as we go through it. And sometimes we go through transitions alone. And we're powerless. However, transitions are not always negative. Salvation, which is transition in God's sight, achieved only by grace, allows God to work in us even in the midst of our fear and trembling, as Paul put it. And if you have your Bibles, keep your finger in Mark, but I would like you to turn to Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. And if you're keeping notes in there, that would be great. Just write down these verses. You can look them up if you don't have your Bibles. But Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 says this. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to to his good purpose. Fear and trembling. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking about what does the Christian strive for during transitions in life? And we're all going through them. All different. What do you strive for during this transition at First Baptist Church. And as I was thinking about it, and as we're going to open up God's word, it's very simply this. We strive for God's will and God's power to find God's will. Okay? We strive for God's will. As we walk through the Lord's Prayer last month, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. We want that. That's, that's in our hearts. But we also strive for God's power to find God's will because we struggle with that. Our will often wants to take place over God's will. The Philippian church was in the midst of progression when Paul wrote this letter in Philippians chapter 2. And Mark, he was the, uh, the writer. He wrote down these words given to him by Paul because Paul wanted 
the Roman Gentile Christians to hear about Christ during their development. And over the next several months, we're going to start taking a look at transitioning well. We're going to look at how we can make the most of it. And it starts off with really powerful today. First and foremost, it's all about power. We are powerless over our transitions. We're powerless over them. Mark chapter 4, if you have your finger, I would like to take a look at verses 35 and 41. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. And let me read. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, this is Jesus speaking, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern. He's sleeping on a cushion, and the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Just stop and think about this. These are seasoned fishermen, okay? They have seen storms before. They know what the boat's like rocking, okay? But now they're out there, and this is the one's, one's type of storm, to the point that they woke Jesus up. And he got up, and he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet and be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. In Mark's gospel, the retelling of the story happens before Jesus returned to Nazareth, where he proclaimed his rightful identity as the Messiah that Isaiah spoke about. And so the meaning of this is that they still did not know Jesus that well. They didn't know him that well. Their relationship with him was still in transition. It was a little bit fuzzy. But they knew one thing. They knew one thing. They knew what their outcome was going to be without Jesus' intervention. Okay? These are seasoned fishermen. They knew what the outcome was going to be. They knew that they were powerless. And that the guy sleeping in the stern of the boat was powerful. And they didn't make any excuses, but in the midst of of their transition, they took the first step and they called upon Christ. They called out and woke him up. Now this is powerful for us. 
Paul told the church in Rome, Romans 7, 18, he said this, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have a desire to do what is good, but I, carry, I cannot carry it out. Romans 7, 18. I fully believe that when we stop with excuses, we have taken the first step. And we're all going through transition in different areas of our life. When we admit that we are powerless, our behavior changes. In short, we must admit that we are powerless over transition. Transitions happen whether we want them or not. But God is all-powerful. And these disciples that did not know him yet fully, they knew enough to wake him up. And then he woke, he got up and he buked the wind and the waves and everything went calm. And the disciples were like, man, who is this guy? Who is he? That even the wind and the waves. And God said to them, Jesus said to them, where are you at? Where's your faith? Do you believe? Once we've admitted that we're powerless, then we also need to admit that we cannot go through it alone. We can't go through it alone. Whatever transition we're going through in our lives, we can't do that by ourselves. Paul told the Philippian church that even though we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, we are to turn to God in us, who works out his will for his purpose. Why? So that we hold fast to the word of life and rejoice in the day. You see, without God, we are left alone. We cannot rely on our own will exclusively. And you would think that this would be a common thing with Christian bodies, that we would believe this, that we would know this, that we would live this out, but guess what? We're human. It's a struggle for us, just as it is with our friends. We cannot expect that in the midst of transition, we will have all the answers, or that we'll be able to handle it on our own. Some of you now are going with empty nest. Everybody has moved out. Some of you have little ones and you can hardly wait till that day comes. And it comes very fast. Proverbs 28, 26 says this. He who trusts in himself is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. Safe. 
So we know that God is all-powerful. We know that we can call out to him. We need God in his power to help calm the storm. Wherever you're going through. What we're going through as a church body. To give us direction. When there seems to be no direction. When you have no one else to turn to. When you're lost for words. You see, we must admit that transition without God's power is unmanageable. And once we accept that transition happens, that our power is insufficient, and that things become unmanageable without God in the midst, then we're able to move forward. In one of the few recorded times that Christ spoke directly to Paul, he said this, and we find it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. These are powerful words when we think about them. Because I like to manage things and I want everything to be done just right. And I want it to go the way I have it laid out. <laughs> but I can't. Because they're bigger than me. I can't manage them. And in that weakness, God says, My strength is made perfect. This is the beauty that we'll see as we take this journey over the next year and a bit of God showing himself, of God moving in a powerful way in our midst. All we need to do is ask. God is the God of transition. Flip forward to Mark chapter 14, if you will. Mark chapter 14. Some of you will remember the story of the father who wanted his son healed from a mute spirit. Okay? Sorry, I had you bounce too far. Chapter 9 of Mark. I was looking at verse 14. Here's how the story goes. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. And as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? Jesus asked. A man in the crowd Answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him into the, the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashing his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. 
Jesus answered, O unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And so they brought him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. And he fell to the ground. He rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Look at what Jesus says here with a question mark. If you can do any, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and dumb spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And the spirit shrieked and convulsed him violently and came out. And the boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by his hand, he lifted him to his feet, and he stood. And after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind come out only by prayer. It's a powerful story. In it, Jesus is coming back from his transfigurement that he had on the mountain with Peter, John, James, okay? And his disciples are present, and so are the scribes. And a father comes down to Jesus for some transition in the life of his son. And we sell that little phrase where he cries out to Jesus, he says, if you can help, I need your help. The NIV puts it, an interesting spin on this story. Instead of Jesus saying, well, all things are possible, we have Jesus challenging the Father by making the statement, if you can. Now, he had been doing miracles for quite some time. They've seen that. So in some ways, it's a little bit sarcastic. The message translation takes it even a step further. Having Jesus say, if, if, there is no if among believers. Everything is possible for him who believes. When we run into that. We probably even have said that. If you can help God, I need help right now. If we know better. We've been there. We've seen him move. But yet we cry out like this. And immediately the boy's father says, I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. What a powerful statement. 
You see, during transition, the father knew who to turn to. And so this morning, I ask you this question and think about it. Why are you here this morning? Will you admit that in the midst of transition, you need God's power more than your own? And if you do, then you have a breakthrough. Will you admit that transitions are going to come and go, but, by, but that your faith in the man who stilled the waters is what will hold you together today? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. Will you admit this morning that you don't have it all together? Will you admit this morning, as you think about the transitions you're going through in your life, that you can't do it alone? Will you admit that you need God in the midst of your fear and trembling? You see, all throughout Scripture, God offers his people, often in the midst of transition, to get it together. And there's only one way. One truth, one life in which we can turn to make this happen. God is in the transition business. Each time we move through transition with God's help, we prove that God's power is greater than our own. And with that, our faith becomes stronger. We stand strong on who God is. Does it take practice? Absolutely. You see, without a relationship with God through Christ, transition becomes harder and harder and harder. And if we don't have a goal of Christ in mind, then there's a void. There's a vacuum that depletes our very energy out of our own lives. We get drained. God has made some promises. There are promises that offer joy, that offer insight and direction, that offer mercy and grace. There are promises that if we continue to look at to him, depend on him, learn from him, lean on him, they can be ours. God has greater power than we do to make the most out of our transitions in life. My encouragement is, even for myself, is let's turn to him. I want to read some scriptures to you You want to write them down. Psalms 34, verses 18 to 22. And let me read for you. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted 
and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them, delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil will, not, will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. A powerful, comforting verse. Turn with me to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 to 31 says this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary. Even young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar like, on wings like eagles. They will run and not go weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, pardon me, chapter 3. Verse 5 says this. 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Not that we are competent to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Our competence comes from God. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verses 38 to 39 says this. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's go back to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 says this. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What powerful verses from our Lord that he gives to us. Each one of us as we go through the different transitions in life. As we go through the transition here as a body. And the leadership at First Baptist Church is attempting to approach this transition time positively. As we allow God's power to lead us. And in the same way, everyone at First Baptist Church is invited to allow God's power to work within you through this transition. And any personal transitions you're going through, so that when the storms of life occur, you too may learn to lean on Christ. That we need to lean on Him, for He is in control. 
Let me just pray as the worship team comes up and leads us in song. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being all-powerful. Thank you for helping us through the unmanageable. Lord, we just call out to you. Each one of us is going through transitions in our lives in different ways. Lord, we cry out to you. We ask you for help, for strength. In our fear and trembling, Lord, may you move in a powerful way. Thank you for being with us, Lord. Thank you for carrying us through. And we just pray and ask these things in your name.